Welcome to War Room, the official podcast of the U.S. Army War College Online Journal, graciously supported by the Army War College Foundation. Please join the conversation at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. We hope you enjoy the program. Make sure not to miss a single podcast and subscribe to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite subscription service. The views expressed in this presentation are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect those of the U.S. Army War College, U.S. Army, or Department of Defense. Welcome to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast. I'm Ron Granary, professor of history at the Department of National Security and Strategy at the U.S. Army War College and podcast editor of The War Room. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Perhaps the most visible part of the U.S. Army War College is its residential program, in which nearly 400 students come to Carlisle Barracks for a 10-month program, leading to a master's degree in strategic studies. But there is more to the War College than that. Nearly twice as many students enroll in the Army War College's distance education program, earning the same degree over two years while continuing with their day jobs. Here at A Better Peace, we consider it part of our mission to help members of the national security community understand the theory and practice of professional military education, and thus we think it important to introduce everyone to what we call here at the War College DDE, or the Department of Distance Education. This is the fourth in a series of discussions about the War College's distance education program and its place within professional military education. For these conversations, we have gone directly to the top, to the chair of the department, Colonel Heather Smigowski, and today we also have with us three recent DDE graduates, all from sister services, Donna Jenkins, Mark Nybert, and Ken Hills. Colonel Heather Smigowski is chair of the Department of Distance Education at the U.S. Army War College. She is herself a 2020 graduate of DDE and has also received a Bachelor of Arts from Western Michigan University and master's degrees from Clayton College of Natural Health, Regent University, and received her Doctor of Philosophy in Industrial Organizational Psychology from Capella University. Captain Donna Jenkins is a 2022 graduate of the U.S. Army War College's distance education program. She joins us from our sister service, the Navy, where she has 30 years of experience. Her current reserve assignment is U.S. Joint Forces Japan, where she says she's putting her Army War College lessons to good use. We look forward to hearing about that. Mr. Mark Nybert is a 2022 DDE graduate as well. He joins us from the Defense Information Systems Agency, located in Fort Meade at their headquarters. He works in defensive cyberspace operations and insider threat. And finally, Lieutenant Colonel Ken Hills is an academic year 23 graduate of the U.S. Army War College Department of Distance Education. He is an Air Force officer that has served as an Air Liaison Officer with the 2nd Infantry Division. This program has better enabled him to work with his Army counterparts and advise a division commanding general. Welcome to A Better Peace, colleagues. So Heather, I want to start with you uh, now that to, to, have, to get a feel for these sister service uh, students in DDE, um, where they fit within the larger footprint, uh, let's say, of of the distance education program. Yes, Ron. Um, it's great to have people here that are from the other services and also from the civilian organizations. They really bring a lot of experience to our students when they have a chance to get together and, and talk about their different experiences. So uh, I actually did a little bit digging into how long we've actually had non-Army students in the distance program. And going back to 1990, 
I actually found that we had a few people that were non-Army. They were single digits at that time, uh, only about five to 10. Uh, But I think it it speaks to the fact that we understood for several years now, several decades, the importance of bringing those people in. So about 10 years ago, we increased that number that we have about 10% non-Army. And then five years ago, we doubled that, went up to about 20%. And so right now we're sitting at about 25% of our students are non-Army. Wow. All right. Well, that's definitely something that that one wouldn't expect. And this has been a conscious policy decision on the part of the leadership of DDE? So our students get joint professional military education level credit. Mm -hmm. And so because of the way the law is written, we have to have a certain percentage of students that are not your specific service. Mm -hmm. And to be able to meet that um, requirement that Congress has laid out for us, we try to pull in as many people as we can. Um, But again, when you're working at the strategic level, that's who you're working with. You're not just working with your own service. And so I think that that brings such a rich experience to everybody to understand those different experiences, different acronyms, the different way that you look at things. Um, You know, there's just a lot that goes into it that just brings that extra element to our education. Mm -hmm. I can totally see that. It's uh, similar to what we try to do with the resident program. And it's good to know that the distance program is is carrying that responsibility too. Well, I want to ask the students. So Donna, I want to start with you. Um, since uh, since let's say you come from the Army's oldest sibling, um, and like all close siblings, right? Sibling, uh, there's a familiarity and uh, all kinds of other memories and attitudes between them. What's it like being a Navy officer uh, in the distance program of the U.S. Army War College? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, you know, it was certainly a it was certainly a pleasure. Uh, definitely wanted to experience something outside of my you know particular service, and wanted to get to know my brethren much better. Uh, I definitely felt in the minority, which is I think a good thing. Um, and I think that the the two different seminars that I was uh, part of, um, you know had had a richness to them that allowed me to really see and gain insights, um, you know, particularly with the Army, but of course, the Air Force and the civilian agencies as well. Uh, and I think that's helped me along my journey. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. And Mark, how about you as a, as a civilian uh, federal employee, right? What was your experience uh, deciding and, and what made you decide to try the Army's uh, distance education program? So at DISA, they do competitive programs. Mm-hmm. And every year, you know, um, I looked through different ones. Uh, at the time I applied for this, I was overseas in Bahrain running some net ops. Wow. So it's kind of a u- unique uh, thing to look at, but uh, also not being prior service, um, I felt that this was a really good way, not only to jump into joint service, but to really kind of understand both sides uh, and kind of understand the military piece. Sure. And so by the time the school year started or your study started, were you back um, uh, on, in CONUS or had you, did you actually start the actual program in Bahrain? So I had a very interesting uh, two-year journey in, t- in its entirety. So um, I went from Bahrain, I was about five months into the actual program and I moved to the UK. Uh, and then I did that until last March. And then I did the final four months uh, here back at Fort Meade. So uh, I made it a little bit more difficult by moving. Uh, did Did you and Donna have much contact with each other in seminar? Um, uh, or is it mere coincidence that you're both class of 2022? 
we were in uh, the first year studies together, actually. Huh? Oh, interesting. Well, that's great. And Ken, for you also, speaking of siblings, right, I guess, you know, you're the a, a younger sibling, although not the youngest anymore of the Army, right, coming to us from the Air Force, right? What's it like being, uh, uh, what's it like being an Air Force officer in Army War College, DDE? So, Ron, that was a really interesting experience because I had worked with our Army brothers and sisters uh, probably beginning around 2009 when mm -hmm. I first served as an air liaison officer up at what used to be Camp Red Cloud. That gave me my foundational experience with MDMP, uh, planning with our Army counterparts, and trying to be able to integrate uh, what air power can do in support of the ground scheme of maneuver. Mm. So being able to see it from an academic perspective as opposed to the operational perspective uh, or the tactical perspective, having been at the brigade as well as the division level, was very insightful. I believe that. And and did, do I understand, right, that that you're coming you're coming to us uh, live, as it were, from Montgomery, Alabama? Are you you are currently at the Air War College in Alabama? Ron, so that's correct. I'm currently at Maxwell Air Force Base uh, mm -hmm. in Montgomery, Alabama. I just graduated uh, Air War College about a week and a half ago, back on the 18th of May. Hey, so hey. the Air Force uh, values. Uh, professional military education, uh, not only the distance learning version, but the in-residence. So uh, despite the fact that I end up graduating from the, the Army War College uh, DDE back in 2021, I was still selected to attend the Air Force's in-residence program here at Maxwell, oh. the Air War College. So two different types of programs, although uh, the Army War College, I'd say, has a uh, uh, it's an asynchronous program with synchronous-like characteristics. Mm -hmm. uh, the Air Force still wants as many officers as practical to be able to attend a in-residence program uh, based on various selection criteria. Interesting. So you're one of the few people out there who could, uh, who has had both the residential and the distance experience. So I'm probably one of the few individuals who's done the, the Army War College uh, DDE mm -hmm. via distance. The vast majority of Air Force officers will end up completing a distance learning equivalent for our majors level PME, so Air Command and Staff College, similar to CGSC, as well as the distance learning version of Air War College. Uh, historically, uh, many of my, my mentors had suggested that you end up completing the distance learning version of your professional military education first to demonstrate your desire to attend the in-residence portion. So that's a little bit of the, the background as to why I want to do the, the Army War College program, because I'd already finished the Air War College distance learning uh, back in 2017 and was looking for an additional challenge and also demonstrate that desire to be able to go to a in-residence program. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Well, and that's interesting. So you had other, you had previous distance education experience before you came to the Army. Donna and Mark, did you, either of you have previous experience with distance education before you uh, started in the uh, Army War College distance program? Um, well, I'll go ahead and start, Mark, if that's all right with you. Yeah, so I uh, I did take some of the Navy correspondence courses uh, through the through the Naval War College, but I didn't complete an entire program, mm -hmm. but had some experience, obviously, with the distance. But interestingly enough, I also did an in-resident program, um, but prior to at the National Defense University, the Eisenhower School. I got you. Okay. And Mark, how about you? Had you had any correspondence class or distance education experience? So I, I did a little bit of it when I did my master's in computer science. It was mm -hmm. kind of a hybrid thing they introduced uh, back in 2011. Uh, on the other side of things, like I also work for a cyber area company that does uh, cybersecurity teaching and mentoring. Right. Uh, so I actually teach all online. So I, I have it from the other side. That's interesting, so, too. 
Yeah. And so were, were there ever times when you were, um, when you were a student that, uh, that, that you were either said, wow, this will actually help me with my teaching. Cause now I realize what this looks like from the, uh, from the student perspective rather than the teaching perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you you become a, more empathetic, right? That's, that's the goal anyway. <laughs> that's right. I don't know if some, some, some people, some people learn that lesson better than others, but it is an important goal, uh, important lesson to learn. Um, for all three of you, right? What what surprised you most about your experience in the for the Army's uh, distance education? I'll go I'll go around the horn here. Um, I'll, I'll, I will say I'll look for a volunteer to go first. Mark, go ahead. So coming from computer science and being a techie, the sheer amount of reading was uh, pretty surprising for me, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a huge focus uh, shift for me. Um, from just, you know, technical projects and those kinds of things. But uh, the camaraderie was absolutely amazing. The people, the networking, it's weird to be in an environment to where there's a team project and everybody jumps up to lead and do the work. Uh, that is definitely not my experience from <laughs> private sector education. So this, this allows me to, this allows me to, to try out my favorite joke. Students always love that, right? As the person who says that yeah. when they, when they die, they want their pallbearers to be their, their, uh, research team members. Cause they want them to let him down one last time. Um, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so how about uh, Donna or Ken? What was the thing that surprised you most about your experience? So I tell you what, what I found, um, the most surprising was the curricula itself for me, mm-hmm. um, in, in that, it's stacked on each other. So like the first class was very important to the second class and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, I've, you know, obviously not my first rodeo when it comes to, you know, going to classes, but usually they're more disparate. Like you might take economics and then there's a different, you know, a different subject and, and they are interrelated, but not necessarily, you know, built on one another. So when we started Mm -hmm. off with leadership, that became necessary, you know, for, you know, understanding to be applied in the next class. Right. And we learned, you know, uh, you know, all about the the different types of planning that became important for the next one. And it just kept going like that. And, and ultimately the biggest surprise was how much I really enjoyed it all. <laughs> so you knew you were going to do it, but you didn't know that you were going to like it. Is that fair to say? Well, this is good. Well, when the boss is here to, to hear that you ended up liking it, right? That's very good. Ken, how about you? What surprised you most? So I'd say not so much what surprised me, but what really impressed me Mm -hmm. was the dedication and the commitment of the faculty instructors. Mm -hmm. So having done previous distance education, uh, in the old days, we used to have the box of books. So a box of books would be shipped to you. You'd study the material in the test uh, or for the test. And then you'd end up taking a test, you know, one a week or one a month. And then eventually you got through all the books and completed all the tests and you received your certificate for completing the distance learning program. Right. Uh, I even did the, the Army's uh, CGSC ILE Common Core. And even though that program had a little bit more interaction with instructors as in grading papers, you would submit your paper, you'd wait about 28 to 30 duty days, and you'd receive a grade back with maybe a little bit of feedback, but that was about the extent of the interaction. Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. I found uh, the most surprising, but also impressive, was the faculty instructors, how they would set up opportunities to be able to chat as an entire seminar, even as we were in the the distance phase, not necessarily the in-residence phase at Carlisle, and how very quickly they would get back to us either via email or text or phone to ensure that we were, you know, internalizing the material and had that, you know, cohesion as a seminar. Sure. Well, and that gets to that interesting question, right? Is that for distance education, there is there's changing sort of pedagogical principles and changing pedagogical approaches. 
go hand in hand with improved technology, right? The fact that we're able to record this podcast online with the five of us being in five different locations um, uh, is uh, is already an indication how much easier it is to do these sorts of things. But it is uh, it does make it possible for that mix of of synchronous and asynchronous education, which gets me to that question of what were the what was the single biggest challenge you felt you faced in pursuing uh, your degree through distance, right? Was there any one particular thing that uh, that was difficult that you had to work through? So Ron, I'll, I'll jump Please on can. this one first. Yeah. The time zone difference was a significant challenge. So, so I'm sure that there can be a little bit of empathy here with being stationed on the other side of the planet and being able to interact. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, Army War College is a asynchronous program with synchronous-like characteristics. Yes. So while I was taking this program, I was entirely stationed in the Republic of Korea with the exception of the second residence course. So I was already back in the States anyway. But there was a 13-hour difference during the summertime uh, between Carlisle and Camp Humphreys in the Republic of Korea. So being able to manage that that difference in time. Yeah. I also had the opportunity to experience the first residence course as a distance learning first residence course during the midst of the COVID pandemic in the summer of 2020. So my normal battle rhythm was waking up around uh, 2200, starting course at uh, 2230, working with my seminar and attending the lectures overnight until about 05 in the morning, I'd go PT, uh, report to duty, and then usually get done around 16 or 16.30, catch a nap, and then run right back into it again. Uh, so there was a little bit of challenge associated with just the, the significant time zone differences. But that also provided opportunities because when we were doing the operational design phase, I was teamed up with a, a couple of my uh, teammates who are guardsmen on the western half of the United States. Mm -hmm. And so their morning was my day, and their day was my morning, you know, vice versa. And so we would work on a project. I would get handed to me during the day as they were calling it a night and hitting the rack. And then I would work on it during the day and I would hand it back to them when they woke up during their daytime, it was my evening time. And then I would hit the rack and we'd just continue to pass it around. That's so great. there was some opportunity despite the challenges. Sure. That's a good way to make, make lemonade out of the lemons. Mark, how about you? We already, we talked a little bit about your, uh, your, ad, uh, adventures and the traveling. What was, was that your biggest challenge or was there something even bigger than that? No, no. So like Ken, I definitely felt the eight hour difference. Uh, so I did lots of the things at two in the morning, three in the morning, but for me, it was the, the lack of military experience. Mm. So mm. while everybody else has been in the military for a long time and they have all of this knowledge as they moved into it, um, I'm on Google or, or, you know, pinging my other classmates that says, Hey, I don't know what this is. Can you help me understand? Uh, I definitely know during FRC, we're doing the global force management and we're kind of doing forces. I had a lot of folks that had to kind of help me understand what a lot of that stuff meant. That's fair. Uh, but made it through it. Uh, and I, that was one of my goals of, of the war college. So, you know, huge success with that. That's great. And now you have, a, you have an enormous store of acronyms to impress your civilian friends with. To add on top of the ones that DISA has, which are different than <laughs> the other parts of the DOD, right? So, yes, 100%. That's good. Donna, how about you? Yeah, I, I didn't have the time challenge because being East Coast with Carlisle and, and actually um, my reserve unit was in Mechanicsburg, which mm. is right down the street. And so I even had the opportunity to kind of experience some of the in-person things at the college, like lecture series and stuff, if it if it happened to work out. Uh, my my biggest challenge was myself uh, and managing my time because I tend to be a procrastinator and uh 
you cannot be because there is just a voluminous amount of reading, synthesizing and writing. And, you know, you, you can't wait to the last minute to um, to put that all together uh, mm-hmm. successfully anyway. Um, so I think for, for me, it was the overcoming myself. Mm. Right. And, and getting getting into the groove of things. <laughs> well, so Mark says, if you wait to the last minute, if, if it only takes a minute, it might as well be the last minute. Right. Isn't that what we've uh... This well, I will say, right, as someone who has never uh, participated in a distance education program, I've always wondered about that, right? The temptations for procrastination when there is nobody watching you um, must be enormous. But at the same time, right, the the schedule in front of you makes pretty clear that there's not a lot of possibility for that, that you have to be a self-starter to do it. Um, that would say that seems like a lesson that we or something we'd want anybody who's thinking about doing distance education to know. Is there anything else that you would say? Listen, if you're thinking about doing DDE, um, especially at the Army War College, but DDE in general, right? Is there something that somebody needs to know that you would you would pull that 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 person aside and say, listen, if you're going to go, what uh, what? And Ron, please go ahead, Ken, please. So, Ron, you were kind of starting to allude to it a little bit. So mm-hmm. almost that time management or that yeah. schedule management. So I would advise someone up front that it's going to be a significant sacrifice for, for you, for your family, uh, for your friends, because we like to talk about, as military professionals, work-life balance. Mm-hmm. But such a thing really does not exist. We talk about you it know, a lot. We, absolutely. <laughs> uh, instead, it comes down to you know prioritization, mm-hmm. uh, surging in certain directions at, at a particular time when you have the bandwidth and availability to do that. Uh, and then also you know seeking out uh, integration. How can you integrate your family life with everything else that you're doing? So whether that's you know early mornings or carving out time on the weekends to say, hey, this is two hours to dedicate my family, we're going to go to the park, and then carving out the remainder of the day to be able to focus on doing your studying, that's really what uh, what will actually make you a successful student is just prioritizing, managing your schedule. Uh, I, I'd say it's doable. I would definitely you know, caveat all that with that it is very doable. I was a squadron commander at the time that I was doing this program, so a battalion commander equivalent uh, wow. with all the UCMGA challenges that, that our Army brothers and sisters face when they're in command positions, uh, as well as also trying to, uh, to wear both an Air Force hat and sort of helping out uh, on the Army side as well. Uh, with the challenges that the division I was supporting faced. So it's doable. It's just a matter of prioritizing, integrating life, and then surging in a particular direction when you need to, whether it's surging studying or surging your, your primary duties. That's good. Donna, go ahead. You want to add something to that? Yeah. yeah. Well, I would I would take it in a little bit different direction. Um, I would, obviously, the time management is important, as I said, and, and people should know about that in advance. But I would also give the advice to take advantage of as many of the opportunities that's presented for, for the from the War College um, as that you can and that you need and that you can fit in while you're surging, to use Ken's word, uh, in one direction or, or another. You know, the, the movie series um, where you, you know, you the movie night on Tuesdays, I'm sorry, I can't think of the title of it. But, the, the, strategic, you know, the strategic arts film program. Yeah, you know, those kind of things. The, the additional writing help, right? If you're not used to the that collegiate formal um, format of writing, you know, there's, there's an opportunity to get additional help. And so I would tell people that there's a lot of resources available to you um, through the Army War College and that, that you should embrace it and enjoy it because 
it's two years and, you know, it's like deployment. It seems like day to day, it's, they're long, right? But then when you look back, it just flew by. Mm. Um, and so I say, don't miss out on those things that, that you have the opportunity to. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Mark, what were you, what were you doing in addition to being in six different places, but what was your day job while you were doing the, uh, while you were doing the DDE? Yeah. So, so for me, it was a challenge too, because uh, I was a GS 13 when I got accepted for this. So my day job was running network operations for DISA, uh, mm-hmm. and we controlled all comms for CENTCOM. So as you can imagine, uh, kind of like what Ken had, I, I didn't really get a lot of time off. You go to work, you do your 8 to 10 to 12, to whatever that looks like, come home, and then I spent my evenings doing the War College stuff, did a lot of the teaching and mentoring on top of all that. And then, uh, you know, when I graduated, I remember my wife was probably just as excited as I was because, <laughs> you know, uh, all of these deployments were with kids. So I have four kids. So they, they got to see me periodically, little snippets of, of Mark as I did different things. But, uh, you know, for me, it was time management that was huge. Um, definitely do the 2300 writing assignment because mm-hmm. writing code and writing uh, for the War College are very different things. Uh, so I had to really kind of fix a lot of that. And then the number one thing, my favorite experience that I recommend anybody to consider is to do JLAST. That Ooh. was by far the absolute best experience uh, of and, and, and remind remind our audience what JLAST stands for, speaking of an a- acronyms. Joint Land, Air, and Sea Strategic Exercise. So for, for that too, right, I got to participate last year as a student. I got mm-hmm. to come back this year as the cyber SME to help out DHS CISA and work the green-white cell. Um, but yeah, by far one of the best experiences I had. Interesting, right? And, and Heather reminds me that 2300 is referred to as the optional orientation for distance students. So it allows you to get a little extra prep for uh, for uh, for the what you're going to have to do. I mean, it is always a challenge, right? The idea that you know the resident students here, right? They're they're full time students and they're they're physically here. Um, you are, of course, a full-time employee of whatever it is you're doing. Like I, I had no idea, Ken, that you could be a squadron commander and uh, and doing DDE at the same time. Or um, you know, there's that's a lot of work, um, and and so one has to make a, cert- a certain commitment to do that. And so, Donna, you say it goes fast, um, and you know, a lot like podcasts can go by pretty fast when you're having a fun conversation like we're having here. But um, each of you said in your emails to me in advance of this uh, conversation. How, how you feel that your experience in DDE was especially valuable for you as you moved along in your career. And I'd like you to uh, sort of bring us home by talking about how and how your experience at the War College and distance education has helped you or uh, has uh, helped to shape your your next steps in your career and what you're doing. And uh, I'll... I'll I'll look for a volunteer as I as I as I scan the room, but I think I see Ken's hand going up. So go, Ken. <laughs> right. So I I got three points. Uh, so the first, I would hope that the program has made me a better division air liaison officer. Mm-hmm. Now I will turn that assessment over to Lieutenant General Gilland at West Point <laughs> to make that assessment because he was we'll the send him a message after this general. podcast, Ken. <laughs> but I would hope that uh, the education did help me better translate air power into the ground scheme maneuver. Mm-hmm. Second, mm-hmm. since I did have the opportunity to attend Air War College in residence, I was able to then determine rather than taking the traditional Air War College program to specialize in a grant strategy concentration. So the Air War College grants a master's of strategic studies, just like the Army War College, but I wanted to do something a little bit different than the traditional curriculum. So it allowed me to then say, 
hey, I've kind of done the primary curriculum at a sister service school. Let me do a slightly different curriculum at Air War College. And then the third and final point is, in my current position, I'm the vice commandant of the Global College of Professional Military Education under Air University, which is the distance learning institution for the Air Force. So having experienced a sister service distance learning program has provided me with a little more insight that I hope to be able to bring to uh, the Global College of PME. And of course, I have to put in a shameless plug that our sister service members are more than happy to enroll in some of the Air Force's officer distance learning PME as well. That's all right. I think I think even Colonel Spagowski will allow you to do that that plug for for the competition. That's okay because because we're all in this together. Um, how about you, Donna? What do you think about how has how has your work at the War College shaped you? Yeah. So ironically, because this doesn't usually work out for naval reservists, is we don't we don't get detailed into our next billet. We get slated. So um, it actually worked out for me that my follow on billet um, is at U.S. Forces Japan, and so you know understanding that joint environment academically prior to, you know, to, to being in the command was extremely helpful. And then uh, one of my colleagues mentioned it earlier to the networking. So as it turned out, you know, being here in and at U.S. Forces Japan, having experienced the the um, Army War College, some of my colleagues were actually in meetings with me while I was sitting in and being the J4 uh, last month. So mm. it just, it's been an incredible experience and I highly, highly recommend it to anybody who has the opportunity. Fantastic, Donna. And Mark, what about, what about you? Bring us home here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I definitely think, you know, for me, understanding, you know, the strategic thinking, strategic leadership, right? Knowing what the boss's boss thinks. And, I, and for us, that, that's General Skinner. And I think it's helped as we do things and build things out as I make decisions or, or work in groups, right? It's not necessarily at our level what, what makes important, right? Does it make sense for the boss as we move forward? And it kind of helps minimize some of those, you know, siloed gaps of things. But, you know, the networking, the friendships, uh, being an alumni, I, I've met three or four folks at DISA that graduated from it, right? You had that instant, instant relationship, instant camaraderie. We all know what we've been through and, and learned together. Uh, and then again, my goal was to, to enhance knowledge and just, you know, understanding military principles and definitely working through the, the civ mill relationships and now understanding my part of that uh, and then making it even through an acquisitions course, which was definitely something that I've been told to do. But I purposely pushed it off because, again, I'm a cyber guy. That's uh, that's that's at the bottom of the list for things that that's uh, fair. interest me. Well, and, and I guess it's a little bit like, you know, throwing around a medicine ball and then throwing around a baseball, right? After after having your days completely filled by all this work, now all of a sudden it must seem like you have nothing but free time to do other things, yeah. right? It's Talladega Nights, right? Like, I, I don't know what to do with my hands. I... <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Well, you see, it's, I'm glad to see that your experiences in, in DDE, of course, only enhanced your your good humor and your sense of humor because you came away happy students, right? And that, of course, makes us all, I know it makes Colonel Smigowski happy to see that uh, you know the distance education program produces smart, well-adjusted, and uh, generally happy people to continue to serve this great country of ours. But uh, uh, are, we are just about out of time for today. Thank you so much, Heather Smigowski, Mark Nybert, Ken Hills, and Donna Jenkins for joining us on A Better Peace to talk about your experiences with uh, the Army War College's distance education program. My pleasure. My pleasure as well. 
Thank you, Ron. Thank you, everybody. And thanks to all of you for listening in. Please send us your comments on this program and all the programs. Send us your suggestions for future programs. We're always interested in hearing from you. Please take a moment in all of your copious free time to subscribe to A Better Piece on your podcatcher of choice, because after listening to a conversation like this, what sensible person would not want to subscribe to A Better Piece? And after you have subscribed to A Better Piece, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast on your podcatcher of choice because that makes it easier for other people to find us. We're always interested in growing our community for conversations like this one. And even though this conversation is over, we look forward to welcoming you in the future. So until next time, from the War Room, I'm Ron Granary. And that concludes our program. Thank you for listening. The views expressed in this podcast reflect those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views, policies, or positions of the U.S. Army or the Department of Defense. Let us know what you think. Provide us your feedback, comments, or suggestions through our webpage at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. And have a great day.